we're going to use for a topic today, we must work as one. Must work as one. Amen. Um, there's a saying, there's a phrase that I'm sure all of us have heard that says one for all and all for one. It is um, the Latin phrase that was the motto of the three musketeers. The phrase means each individual should act for the benefit of the group, and the group should act for the benefit of the individual. Imagine for just a moment if the body of Christ had this mentality, if we truly understood that working together and working for one another was the way God always intended. As we look at the state of the body of Christ right now, the way we are filled with our own agendas and our own ideas of what our focus should be and how things um, have been done in times past, we are consumed with the appearance of things. We are consumed with the appearance of things. I heard someone say this morning that every second, 1,000 um, selfies are taken. And in the course of a day, there were over 93,000 selfies that were taken and uploaded. And, and what's funny about that is, is it wasn't just the millennials. It wasn't just young people. But it was some of you older people, too. It wasn't just us younger people. It was some of you older people as well. We're consumed with our appearances and how things look from the outside. But God is calling us to then begin to examine the inside of not only ourselves, but the way the church body operates. Amen. We're concerned, more people are concerned about how many members we have and the status of our members and, and so on and so forth. We are consumed by these things so much so that we have missed the real issue that has caused the body of Christ, the body of Christ that was meant to excel and bring great change to the world and to be a light for those that are in darkness, to draw those to Christ, to draw those, to live a life so much so that it would cause an unbeliever to want to believe this God, believe in this God that we talk about and sing about, this God that we pray to and that we worship. We should live a life and our light should shine in such a way that it would cause them to want to know our God. Amen. Man, but we're so busy, consumed, and focused on the things that really do not matter. Amen? God wants us to be productive spiritually. So in turn, what we have because our focus is misplaced, in turn what we have is a lot of exasperated and compromising believers working in the name of Christ but not for Christ. Amen. We have allowed the enemy to use one of his greatest tactics. Generation after generation this has happened. We have adopted traditions that aren't even biblical. We do things Sunday after Sunday that we can give no real biblical answer to. If someone were to ask us, why do we do this? Why do you wear that? Why do we have to do it this way? Why do you worship this way? Why do you dress that way? Why do you carry yourself that way? There is no biblical truth we can assign to the answer. Traditions that we've picked up because mama and them did it. Traditions that we've picked up because it's just the way it's always been done. But God has come to interrupt your tradition. He's come to tear down tradition and things that do not draw people to him. Because he he's more interested that we come to know him. And all of this stuff that we've put in a way 
that we put in a way to distract that causes people to look at us instead of him. He's tearing it down. Say he's tearing it down. We have this church that believes this and that church that believes that. And it has been just enough to keep us divided. The enemy has again used tradition and misguided motives to divide us, which has been his ultimate goal from the beginning. He desires to separate us from God just as he persuaded a third of the angels to do so. He understands something that we as the body of Christ can't seem to grasp. And that's that we're stronger together. Lord, have mercy. We're able to do it better together when we're unified. We are more effective instead of when we're doing it on our own. I might make a difference on my own, but if I had a sister or a brother to join in with me, imagine the impact we would have on this world. He uses things like politics and race, class, and religion and denominations to separate us. He preys on our inability to work together because of the different personalities and the difference of opinions that we have. No drum should be in the church. No woman should be preaching in the pulpit. You shouldn't wear pants to church. You should put on a skirt. What you doing with that red lipstick on? You're supposed to have your face clean. But can I tell you something? I know a lot of makeup that's women that are full of hell. I know a lot of people jumping and bucking and speaking in tongues and have no relationship with God. There are preachers that are standing in the name of our God and God doesn't even know them. But because they're charismatic and because they know when to tune up and they know when to say preach doc and they know how to stand and they know how to break down a text, they can preach from their intellect. But God isn't in it and there is no power. Somebody say he wants to keep us divided. We focus so much on proving how right we are and on making one another the enemy that our common enemy, Satan, has gained the upper hand in the body. Lord, have mercy. We have people with corrupt hearts leading God's people. We have people with warped mindsets and agendas giving themselves title that God has never spoken concerning them. Hallelujah. We have people that preach Sunday after Sunday, people that sing Sunday after Sunday, people that serve Sunday after Sunday. Sunday and have not spent time with God since last Sunday. Something has to change. Something has to change. Because meanwhile, there are people that are hurting, people that are desperate for the real message and move of God. Hallelujah. There are people in the street in the street who stand in need of our righteous Father. But we're too focused on should someone wear pants or skirts. He wants to keep us divided. When we're standing alone, when we're working alone, we're met with difficulties and unnecessary hardships and hindrances. It's not because we aren't doing what God wants us to, but we aren't doing it the way he wants us to. And that's together, together, together. Listen, we play different roles and have different responsibilities, but each role plays a part of a much bigger picture. Hallelujah. One 
uh, might be the vessel that we see out front that are that's working, that's speaking, but there are countless others behind the scene. There might be one that is leading the song, but what the backup singers do is add to what the leader is doing. Look, we can't do this thing by ourselves. We have to come together, this church and that church, this sister and that sister, this brother and that brother, this race and that race. We've got to come together. It does not mean that we will agree on everything, but if the foundation of your belief is that Jesus is Lord, we can get some stuff done. No part is greater than the other. Every part is vital and necessary. Somebody shout, we must walk as one. Listen, we have to have the mindset that I need you and I need you working your part. I need you walking out your part of this beautiful picture. I need you to, to hear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us this morning. Listen, I know that the enemy comes against us, and sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you might have a heart to work together, but then there are different personalities, and there are some people that are just flat out difficult to deal with. I understand that. I know that there are times when you start off with the right mindset and with the right heart to do this thing, and things come up against you that fight against working together. I understand that. But what we have to do is step outside of our flesh. We have to step outside of our own ideas and our own wants and our own agendas and our own will and see the greater picture of God. I might not be able to work with you in this, but there's some area we can come together. Come together on. We got to do this. I need you working in your place. I need you on post. I need you doing what the Lord has called you to do. I need you in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. I can't afford for you to be distracted because when God calls for our paths to cross, I need you to be on your stuff because you might just hold the word that I need. You might be the one that the Lord uses to intercede for me and I don't need you distracted about who don't like you and who didn't speak to you and how they treat you. I need you to be focused on what God has called you to do. We got to do this. We got to do this. Shout, let's do this. Woo! One for all and all for one. And as we look at the text this morning, I want to first note something that has blessed me for years. <coughs> and I talk about this all the time. One of the things that I love about Paul, one of the phrases that I love is that what, even though Paul found himself in prison, he still had a mind to say, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ. I love that because it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to him who was standing guard at the door. It didn't matter to him that he was shackled in the middle of a cell that was filthy and nasty and, stink and stunk. It did not matter to him that he was surrounded by dampness and coldness. He still had a mind to say, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ. What does that mean? I want to tell you this morning that there might be some circumstances and some situations that seem to hold you prisoner, but I've come to help somebody be free today. It doesn't have power over you. You have power over it. You've got to change the way you see the thing that has held you bound for years. Depression does not hold me prisoner. My situation does not hold me prisoner. My sickness does not hold me prisoner. I am the prisoner of Christ. Somebody shout, I'm the prisoner 
of Christ and no circumstance, no situation can change my mind about that. Who likes me and who does not like me? Who speaks to me and who does not speak to me? Who believes in me and who does not believe in me? Does not hold me prisoner. I am the prisoner of Christ. So I've come to remind you that we have to, in order to do this thing, we have to walk in unity. We have to first, as the scripture says, walk worthy of the call. For we have been called by God. How do we best, how do we to the best of our ability, walk worthy of the call? How do we ensure we are able to walk together as one? My first point is you must answer the call. And most times, I know where your minds went. I know that most times whenever we start talking about answering the call, our minds instantly go to a call to preach. But that's not our first call from God. Our first call from God is relationship. To have relationship with him. There are a lot of us, and if we're real honest and do some self-examination right here, there are a lot of us that are in church because we grew up in church. And not one time did we personally answer the call of God. We've been in church since we were little because mom and dad and grandma made us go. We've been in church for as long as we can remember. And when we got old enough, we joined the choir. And then when we got old enough, we joined the mission team. And when we got older, we joined the usher team. Team. But at not one point did we answer the call of God to relationship. We're going through the motions, but there is no relationship. You've been in church all your life, but you don't have relationship. And without relationship, you're ineffective for God. You can satisfy someone's flesh by saying the right things and doing the right things and by prophesying and hitting the right runs and all of that stuff. You can feed somebody's flesh and excite their flesh, but there's no real change because there's no real oil because you don't have relationship. But God is calling, he's calling you not just to do for him, not just to serve him, not just to go forth for him, but to have relationship with him. Can you imagine for just a minute, can we go here, can you imagine for just a minute that this all-powerful God, hallelujah, the same God that said, let there be and there was, the same God that parted the Red Sea, the same God that came for us and died for us, the same God that moves for us, the same God that sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us even now, desires relationship with us. We're full of flaws. We're full of mistakes. We're full of wrong. We're full of darkness. But there, hey, God, our perfect God still desires me, 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 me. He still desires my worship. He still desires to have fellowship with me. He still desires me. Such a perfect father. And he calls us to relationship. Anybody grateful this morning for a real relationship with the Father? Hallelujah. Can we just thank him right there? God, thank you for relationship. Thank you. Thank you for relationship because I could not imagine going through what I go through without him. I couldn't imagine not having his reassurance in times of uncertainty. I couldn't imagine having my heart broken and he not be there to mend it. I'm grateful for relationship today. I'm just thankful that he 
he knows me and I know him. I'm thankful that in when millions are lifting their voices to him, he still recognizes my voice. I'm thankful that those thousands and millions and billions of people will usher up, usher up worth offer up worship but he still desires my worship I couldn't imagine one day one second one minute without him I'm so thankful that I told the God yet told the Lord yes I vowed to keep telling him yes and if I were you I would continue to keep my yes and though my yes might be attacked and yo though things might come up against my yes I vow to keep my yes when the wind blows it'll be yes Lord when the storms come it'll be yes Lord when warfare is intention I don't know if I'll survive it'll still be yes Lord when he rebukes me and corrects me it'll still be yes Lord somebody shout yes no matter what comes against you I want to encourage you this morning to keep your yes point number two we must be humble and meek we must walk this journey with a heart for God and his people I can't think myself more important than I am. How do we remain humble? We have to understand we are nothing without Christ. We are nothing without his spirit that dwells on the inside of us. It is he who makes us effective. Without his Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. Without him, without his power, without his spirit living in me, I have nothing to say to you that will cause your life to change. Without him, without his spirit leading me, I have nothing say to you that will cause you to walk out of a place of bondage into a place of freedom so I can't afford to think myself more highly than I ought because it is the goodness of God that allows me to continue to put one foot in front of the other foot and do anything that has him glory don't have room to poke our chest out and take his thunder all glory belongs to God. All honor belongs to God. I can't do it in my own strength. If I was in my own strength, Brother Robert, I would have given up a long time ago. If I was doing it in my own might, I would have taken my life a long time ago. If I was doing it in my own strength, I'd be in one of them locked up rooms rocking back and forth. You know, with the funny jackets that close in the back. If it was not for him, for his power, for his spirit, I would have lost my mind a long time ago when I begged for God to take my life. When I would go to bed at night and beg him, God, please don't let me wake up in the morning. I don't, I don't want to wake up in the morning. Just let me go to sleep and never wake up. When I would ask him night after night, and then when I would get up, I would be so disappointed that my eyes were opened again. And I would be so discouraged. God, let tonight be the night that I go to sleep and never wake up again. But every time I would lay down I found myself the next morning opening my eyes opening my eyes over and over again and I'm so glad that God loves me enough that when my stupid self begged him to take my life he said my plans for you are greater than you see right now you're moved by what you feel you're moved by what you see but my plans for you are far greater and one day you're gonna live to thank me that you woke up I'm thankful that I woke up. 
I'm so glad that in my foolishness, he was able to see beyond where I was. I'm so glad that when I begged him and pleaded with him to not let me live another day, he said, you're going to die, but it ain't the way you want to die. You're going to die to self, and you're going to die to your flesh, but you're about to live in me. So I can't take your life physically because I need you to live in me. There are some people I need to connect you with. There are some things I need you to do in my name. So, yeah, you're going to die, just not the way you want to because I have need of you. Somebody say we got to walk as one. Got to walk as one. There's a saying that I read concerning humility that said, and I really like this. It's going to be one that I've placed on my wall, on my little thing. It says, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Guys, we really need to understand that it's not about us. It's not about us. It's, It's about doing the will of the Father who has sent us. And to be meek, to be meek does not mean I'm weak. Come on here. It does not mean I'm a pushover. And because I stand up for myself and I read you in a sanctified way, it does not mean that I'm not Christian. Oh, I I can't stand the fact that when you put somebody in place, even in in a smooth little nice little tone, they still say, and you're supposed to be Christian. No, I'm not supposed to be. I am Christian. And what you're doing is not of God. And I will stand in the authority of God when you like it and when you don't like it. I will be who he's called me to be. So meekness does not mean you allow people to run over you. Humility does not mean that you allow people to mishandle you and treat you wrong. God has given us the authority to stand up and speak for ourselves. That's just the way to do it. There's a way to do it, and we'll talk about that on another day. You can still stand up to the devil and put him in his place and out of your place. It's not being prideful. It's just that you know who you are. You know to whom you belong. You know what's operating on the inside of you. Point number three, we have to be long-suffering. When we clearly see who we are, when we see our shortcomings, and and we remember how God cleaned us up and how he's still cleaning us up. Come on. When when we can't be honest with other people, we need to at least be honest with ourselves. We, We know the mistakes that we make. We know the wrong that we do. We know the times that our intentions were good, but we ended up in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. We know the times that we promised God we would never do it again, and no sooner than we said it, we were doing it again, doing it again. We know the times that we said, God, if you let me get through this, I will never do that again. And over and over and over again, we did that thing time after time. We know the times that we said, God, I'm going to start doing this, and we never did it. God knows all of our flaws and all of our mistakes, yet he still calls us his own. So when we see the truth of where we are, we realize that I have no right to look down on you. The difference between mine and yours is that we know about yours, but mine is in the closet. And I often often say this, what if there was a moment when we're in the middle of worship and we're talking about how great God is and we got our rock just right. 
we're moving just right. I always imagine this. What if all of our deeds were displayed on the screen? While we're singing, how great thou art. Just my thoughts alone are displayed. Not things I've done, but things I've thought about. <laughs> things I've thought concerning my sisters and my brothers. Things I thought about if it was displayed. And when we're praying and leading intercession and we got our good prayer going, it was displayed on the screen what I did last night and what I did last week. And truth of the matter is, some of those things that are displayed are the same things that I look down on you about. When you did it and everybody was talking about it, I was in on the conversation. All the time knowing within myself, I did that too. No, 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 I'm doing that too. We have no place to not extend grace to our sisters and our brothers. We have no place to operate and hold on to offenses because you yourself, I have offended. There have been times that I've stood in need of forgiveness from my sister, my brother, my son, my daughter. There have been times that I've gotten it wrong and I responded in my flesh and I needed somebody to please forgive me. Forgive me, I'm sorry. But we're so quick as the body of Christ to throw someone away. What if God did that to us? What if he exposed us the way we expose our sisters and brothers? What if he showed everybody that's in this room today your shortcomings and your faults and your struggles? What if he allowed them to see that though you smile in your sister and brother's face, you can't stand them? That you talk about them and you tear them down and you expose their struggles instead of covering them? What if the true condition of your heart was on display? We don't have room. We don't have a right to look down on our sisters and brothers. I've got my journey, you got yours. There are potholes I'm going to hit just like there are potholes you're going to hit. And I want you to think about it this way. If I were in their shoes, how would I want people to respond to me? I would want somebody to say, girl, you fail. Girl, you got it wrong. You messed up big. But I still see who you are in God. Get yourself up. Wash your face. Get yourself together. We got work to do. Repent. Turn from it. Never do it again. I'll hold you accountable. I'll be a hand in your back. I'll support you as you seek God to get over this struggle, to get through this struggle. That's what I would want someone to do for me. But, guys, that's not what we extend to the other. Because can I tell you something? When you bring someone, let me say this. When you bring someone into the knowledge of something they did not know about another, and it causes their heart to change toward them, you're accountable for that. That's on you. When this person 
was in great fellowship with this individual. But because you have feelings and because you've been offended and because you've come in the knowledge, into the knowledge of something. Let me tell you what Sister Watermelon did. Let me tell you what Brother Cantaloupe did. Girl, don't be up there raising your hand when Brother Cantaloupe's singing. You don't know what he did. Don't you dare talk to Sister Watermelon because let me tell you some stuff about her. Now, it happened about 12 years ago, but let me tell you. Not knowing that Sister Watermelon and Brother Cantaloupe have been crying out before God, asking him to heal them, to send someone to help them walk in freedom. And instead of being that vessel that God can use, you're a vessel for the enemy used to tear them down. God grants us grace day after day. How dare you not extend it? We have to be long-suffering. And you can do that when you acknowledge and you're honest about where you are. Whew. I don't know about you, but I have the testimony. Had it not been for God's grace, had it not been for his grace that covered me and withheld the thing, hallelujah, that I deserved and extended to me that which I did not. It, had it not been for his grace, I would have been, I should have been, I could have been. I could have been the one walking the street. I could have been the one out of my mind. I could have been the one that was strung out on drugs. I could have been the one who lost her children, or who, whose marriage fell apart. It could have been my testimony, but for the goodness and the grace of God. All of our testimonies have opportunity to be different. So we don't have a right, we don't have a right to look down on our sisters and brothers. We have to do this thing unified. Amen. We got to have the mentality that when you win, I win too. I always give this analogy and I always have to get my husband to help me because the only thing I know about football is you throw the ball and run across the line. Oh yeah, and you do tackle and knock somebody down to keep them from crossing the line. But one thing I do understand about the Super Bowl is that although I might not have ever gotten in the game. I'm talking about, look, my jersey clean. There's not one grass stain on it. Matter of fact, I got on a t-shirt. And I'm on the sidelines. And when they run this way, I run this way. And I'm telling them, go, go, go. And when they make a touchdown, I'm doing my dance too. And when it seems as though we're losing, I'm pushing and encouraging. And when they come on the sidelines, I'm patting butts. That's what they do, right, babe? They do. They come. Good job. But one thing I understand that though I might not have ever gotten in the game, when they win, I win. When they get a ring, I get blinged out. They don't say that quarterback, LaShawn Singleton, won the game. They say that 
team called Harvest won the game. <laughs> Guess what? My suit is clean, but I'm throwing Gatorade on everybody. I'm letting them throw Gatorade on me. I'm jumping and I'm cheering. I'm in the camera like this, holding the trophy. Why? Because we're a team. And when you win, I win. Tell somebody when you win, I win. I'm not against you. I want you to win. I want you to level up. I want you to get this thing right. I want you to survive to see another day. Because when you win, I win. Can you high five somebody real quick and say, let's win this thing. Let's win this thing. Doesn't matter that my suit is clean and that you fought harder than I fought. We're in this thing together. And lastly, we must do this as one. Alone, I'm limited, but together we are mighty. And our greatest example of oneness in operation, of oneness working together is the Godhead. A greatest example of what it looks like to not try to overshadow the next or your name not having to be called is the Godhead. Scripture says we must endeavor which means we must focus on, make every effort to work together in unity. It is the only way things will come. Hallelujah. It's the only way that things will come to pass, the things that God has promised will come to pass. It's the only way that we'll get to see signs and wonders in the demonstration of his power. When we come together and we work with one accord, when we're unified, when we uh, forget about whose name is called and who's out front and we focus on doing it the way God intended us to from the very beginning, when we look and see that from the beginning, the enemy from the very beginning, the enemy has fought to keep us divided. He uses things like discord and, 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 and misunderstandings to cause us to be divided. But I'm so glad that there are people in the room today, hallelujah, who have a mind that for the will of God to be done. Those that are in the room today that have a mind to work your part of the puzzle, to work your part in building the kingdom of God. Those that are in the room today that know united, we are much stronger. One can chase a thousand, but two can put I want to show you something, and then we're going to pray and bid. All right. I need maybe about three people. Come on. Come on. You too, Brian. Yeah, you. Okay. Brother Ken, I need you to be right here facing me. What's your name, handsome? Hayden, I like that name. I need you to stand over there in front of my dad and my Mimi. Hey, dad and Mimi. Hey, mama. Stand there. Face me, babe. What's your name? <laughs> I need you to stand right there. All right. So what you're going to do is, as I'm walking alone, minding my own business. Now, don't you hurt me. Because don't you play football or something? Listen. I just told you I don't know nothing about football, so don't hurt me, okay? All right. You play football, too. I need you to tone it down a little bit, all right? Keep. Okay. <laughs> Come with all your might. No. <laughs> so what we're doing is 
I'm walking, minding my own business. Now, when I get probably in front of the little podium there, I want you all to just come and do not hurt me. I will hit you back. <laughs> I want you to come and attack me, okay? I'm telling you now, mamas, where you at? Constance and Keisha. I'm going to hit them back. Ken, I'm going to knock you out. All right. Now, get in front of the podium. I need y'all to come and attack me, all right? I want to show you something. So God has given me my instructions. I have purpose on my mind. I'm ready to do the will of the Father, and I'm excited about it, right? So I'm walking this thing out because I don't need nobody but Jesus. All I need is God. I don't need nobody else. Long as I got King Jesus. Long as I got King Jesus. Long, long, long as I got him. Don't need no. Don't need nobody else. Really. All right. So I'm doing the will. Doing the will of the Father. Ta ta ta. Doing the will of the Lord. Going about my business. Y'all come. Oh my God. Oh Lord. I'm being hit from all. Y'all hit me now. Don't hit me. Hit me now. Kids. Oh, okay. And so I'm able. Y'all come on, hit. I'm able to fight and kind of stand against Ken, but I'm being hit from other angles. I'm being hit from other sides and things I didn't see. Ken, I ain't tell you to let me beat you up, but, but I'm in warfare. I'm in warfare. Go back to your places. Up, up right here. Hayden. Okay. But I was just doing what God called me to do, Daddy. And I'm being attacked because as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. But that's not truth. That's not the way God intended it to be. He is more than enough. But he has set it up that we work as a unit. Sister Pate, you got your baby. Sister Shira, Kiosha, come here, Tay. He was looking like, please don't call me. Then he was like, Lord, she called me. All right, Tay, can you stand on my left, face that way? Shira, can you stand on my right, <laughs> face that way? And Kiosha, you got my back. Facing Hayden, because you got to be able to see it. All right, I need y'all to be careful and walk sideways, okay? Same thing, but this time, there's an intercessor. <laughs> this time, it's someone who has my back and who knows truly who I am in God. And this time, there's someone that God has used to be a voice of instruction and direction. This time, I'm not walking by myself. I got the same mindset. I still want to do the will of God. I'm still focused on purpose. But this time, I acknowledge and I see the people that he's placed in my life. And as I'm walking, come on, y'all. As I'm walking, this time, when the attacks come, come on, y'all can come hard now because it's them. Now, this time, when the attacks come, I'm covered. I'm covered. I'm covered because God has given me provision. This time, God has given me an intercessor that when I'm in my room crying and I don't see a way out, they're in their house praying 
for me because God has placed me on their mind. And this time, when a lie tries to come against me, I have someone saying, not so. That's not who she is. That's not what I know about her. This time I'm covered because I'm not trying to do it on my own. We are meant to do it together. High five somebody, tell them I need you. 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 Come on, move from where you are. High five them. Tell them I need you. We're in this thing together. We got to walk as one. I can't do it on my own. I'll be swallowed up. But as long as I got someone who can cover me, who can encourage me, who can be a hand in my back, I'm able to run on and see what the end's going to be. Tell somebody I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I know where you've been. And I know you've had to walk some hard places. I know you've made some mistakes. But I got you. I got you. I got you. I know what the Lord has said about you. And I won't allow you to be lost in what you did. I will not allow what you did to become your identity. You're still who God called you to be. You'll still do what he called you to do. And guess what? This time you're not doing it alone. This time we're doing it united. This time we're doing it as one. This time we'll win because we're doing it as one. I got you. I know there was a season of your life when you had to do it by yourself. I know there was a time in your life when you felt you would never overcome where you were. There were times you thought for sure, this right here, this gonna take me out. I, I won't recover from this. This right here, this, this too deep, it went too far. This one hurt too bad. I'll never be the same after this. This time I've really lost it. This time I'm really by myself. But I'm so glad that in those moments, God in his infinite wisdom will begin to send those huh, ordained by him and anointed by him to cover us. And when you're at your lowest, he'll send a voice that says, wash your face. Get up, put some clothes on. We got work to do. Dry your face. Come on, get yourself together. We got places to go. I'm not giving up on you. And I won't let you give up on yourself. We are united. When you fall, I care enough about you to pick you up. Why? Because we're one. When you hurt, it hurts me. I don't glory in the fact that you've fallen. I don't glory in the fact that you're depressed. Come on, we got work to do. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care what your political stance is. We got work to do in the kingdom. And God has sent me as a voice to tell you, he still has need of you. You're still necessary. You're still a necessary part of a plan that's bigger than you. A plan that's bigger than us. And he sent me to be a hand.
hand in your back, a voice in your ear. You're still called by God. You're still anointed by God. Every promise is still yours to walk in. But we got to do it. We got to do it as one. And I'm passionate about this, y'all. I'm passionate about this. And I'm telling you, a day is coming when churches really will work together. When churches won't be so divided on Sundays. You'll see a real representation of what the body of Christ looks like on Sunday. The day is coming when just because it's not your church, you don't support it. That's over. If you're doing the work of the Lord and you need me to just be somebody that sweep the floor, I'm there. You need my help that this might be what God has spoken it shall be, I'll be right there. We don't have to agree on everything. But as long as you're God-focused, we can work this thing out. Guys, we got to do it together. It's the way it was always meant to happen. And we're facing hindrances and struggles because we're trying to do it as an island. Don't you know, and then I'm getting ready to go. Y'all can stand. Don't you know, let me, let me drop something right here that's going to really, really help you. I got a secret to tell you. We are fighting the same enemy. And that enemy is not you. That enemy is Satan, the devil. I refuse to partner with our common enemy in tearing you down. Listen, and even if I have to separate myself from you, I'll never expose you. Because even though we have to separate, I still see who you are. You're not my enemy. Even when someone works against you, it's not them that you're fighting. It's the spirit and operation in them. And I don't care how deep and wonderful you are, the enemy catch you slipping. He will use you to fight your sister and brother. I don't care that you pray for 10 hours a day. I don't care. All he needs is a... And he'll come in and he'll use you. We have a common enemy and it's not one another. It's the, it's the devil, it's Satan, that fights to keep us divided. I'm going to do my part. Will you? Will, do, will you do your part that we might build the kingdom the way God called us to? Huh? I'm going to man my post. Will you man your post? And listen, when I make my mistake, not if, when, will you cover me? Are you going to talk? If you talk about me, I'm going to call your name in the mic. Cover me the way I cover you. Because I'm going to make mistakes. Anybody going to make a mistake? 
What am I? I tell you what. Where are my perfect people? Where you? Where are you? I want to meet you. Where are my perfect people? Those without mistake. I have never. Where are you? Because I want to meet you. None of us are perfect. Amen. Can you give God praise for his work?